Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome to the Fallout Lorecast. The podcast that explores the boundaries of our knowledge about the world of Fallout. If I were a betting man, and sometimes I am, I would wager that you've probably never actually thought much about Pylon 513 or V13. And although it's a location that most people don't even think about, it is actually a very surprising location with some really interesting ramifications for the Fallout world. Because this location gives us two different stories. A story about time travel and a story about Nuka-Cola, which leads to the in-game loot of a Nuka-Cola set of power armor with a very tragic story attached. And all of that begins here at Pylon V13. This is part of a monorail system, and you'll notice these all over the place. They're these... Uh, big structures that go up in the air and they hold the track that the monorail used to run on. This is just outside of Watoga in the Cranberry Bog. And you may notice that this one is a little bit different than the others. First of all, there are the remnants of the actual train or monorail vehicle. I don't even know what that's called. Up at the top of it. Still hanging there from the monorail. And then... On the pillar itself is a kind of framework of wooden platforms that work their way up that monorail system. The majority of this wooden structure is at the bottom, though. These pieces were clearly built after the bombs dropped and with some reason. And if you go visit this location, you will find a few different things that kind of set you off on an adventure. And I don't think most people have ever really gone through this. I don't think that this is probably something that most people know about. So let's take a closer look. There is a table with a microscope on the southern end of the train at Pylon V13. And in that location, you can find this holotape. People told me my theories weren't possible. They mocked me and called me a foolish old man. Well, I'm here to tell you that the possibility of time travel is not only real, but that it can be accomplished interdimensionally. I've revolutionized this radical concept, a new way of thinking about skipping across timelines. Instead of employing the traditional and often clumsy use of gravity for time travel, I've discovered a way to punch a hole in the fabric of our reality. By slipping through this fissure in time and space at a high rate of speed, it's my belief that instantaneous time travel will occur in a few weeks. I will be attempting to slipstream through dimensions using a monorail system as my chariot. If you wish to attend this historic event, I will be at Pylon V13 of the Appalachian monorail system. Be there and witness history. This is the voice of Professor Greebly. He is clearly a scientist of some sort who is studying tra time travel. Now, this is really particular 
here. He says specifically, I've revolutionized this radical concept, a new way of thinking about skipping across timelines, skipping across timelines, instead of using the traditional and often clumsy use of gravity for time travel. So this, the way this is stated infers that one, you are not in time travel going back on the same timeline or forward in the same timeline, that you're skipping across timelines, that you're going to alternate presence or alternate pasts or alternate futures. This is a very specific phrasing of this term here. And that means that there are people in the Fallout universe who seem to have some sense of the way time travel actually works, multidimensionality, all of these kinds of concepts, which don't seem to come up very often. Now, either this guy is just crazy and he's just making all this stuff up, or he's actually referencing some other stuff that's out there. We don't know, or at least I don't know. I don't have any other information about this. I haven't come across any other information about time travel so far in Fallout, but I'm definitely going to keep my eyes open to this. Um, now maybe this has something to do with having studied the aliens, but that's just speculation. There's really not a whole lot of proof, except for maybe one little piece of evidence towards the very end of this episode. So stay tuned for that. But he also states here that using gravity for time travel is the traditional and often clumsy way to go about it. So there, he's implying that there's already been some testing on this and that maybe some people have already succeeded in using gravity for time travel. It just doesn't work as optimally as he would like. So instead, he's using a monorail system and, and setting all this stuff up. Now, this raises a number of questions, right? Who is this guy? When did he live? When was this being done? What is actually going on here? My guess is that this must have been pre-war and that this is the situation that he was setting up in order to test time travel before the bombs drop, before the world goes to hell. And then you just kind of find the remnants of this. But that's about it. We really don't know much else about him other than his name's Professor Greebly, and he left this one holotape and some information around inside the train on this monorail system. That's it. And I was hoping to do an entire episode on him, but there really isn't that much else going on here. So we're going to start this episode with just the, the reference to that this is a thing. And so be aware of it, because who knows, maybe in future Fallout stuff, we'll actually get some other references to time travel. And my mind goes to a few different places. Like, are there other hints here from other time travel movies? My initial thought is something like Back to the Future. Is this Greebly, like you listen to his voice, he's kind of like the professor from Back to the Future in the his eccentric excitement in the way he delivers the lines. But we're not looking at a car that goes really fast and uses plutonium or something to power it. We're looking at a monorail system that moves on one line in one direction, and that seems to be it. So the similarities here are kind of limited, but I would love some other insight if anybody else has any thoughts or, or notices any other things about this Professor Greebly or time travel. But that's not the only thing you find here. There's more. There is a letter here from a man named Rich Taylor, and it says this, 
Whoever finds this, this is, as far as I could make it on foot. There aren't a lot of supplies in this area, and I can't walk much further. Drank some water from a stream, and I think it was bad. My family was attacked by one of the research assistants from work. I thought I knew my people, but I guess you never know. She got my son before I managed to put her down. I never wanted to kill anyone, and I never wanted to die like this. If you get this note, tell my wife I loved her. Rich Taylor. What is going on here? Who is this Rich Taylor? Why are his work research assistants attacking his family? Well, we know the answer to this. Rich Taylor was an executive at Nuka-Cola. He was one of the higher-ups. He was one of the ones who was making decisions about how to change and update the recipe. And that includes a lot of terrible things that were going on and a lot of really shady practices. And this came to the attention of a woman named Clara. And if you follow the pieces that we get here, there is a reward at the end, but it takes you across the map to several different locations. So let's talk about Clara. Clara, we don't know her last name. We know that she was working as a research assistant at Nuka-Cola. We know that she has family, that she was concerned about the things that were going on. How do we know this? Well, we have two notes left by Clara. The first of which is a note to somebody named Alexis. This is in a level three locked safe in the snackability R&D lab on the second floor of the Nuka-Cola plant that is further west on the map. So if we leave the pylon and we head over to the Nuka-Cola location, we get this. Alexis, I hope you can forgive me for this. I know we've had our differences over the years about methodology and R&D, but we've always agreed that marketing is an evil force in the Nuka-Cola world. I'm going to pause there. I've warned people about this before, about how Nuka-Cola is shadier than we actually think. In fact, there's a video now for the episode about the, the things like the history of Nuka-Cola and all the terrible stuff they were doing up on the Fallout Lorecast YouTube channel. So if you aren't following us over there, or if you haven't listened to that episode before, or you want to get a refresher with some really great visuals done by Chipmunk, he's been editing some of my uh, episodes, uh, go, go check it out. We would love for you to go check out that video. So that's the Fallout Lorecast YouTube channel. Just search Fallout Lorecast YouTube and it'll come right up. Um, but yeah, so terrible things that are happening. They both agree that marketing is doing a terrible job. It goes on, or doing an evil job specifically. I can't let them experiment on innocent bystanders, so I've taken the arsenic and mercury and strontium-90 and all the rest of it and gone to Sutton. The location, Sutton, the little city, the little town. Hoping you understand Clara. So, we don't know who Alexis is, other than she was a co-worker of Clara's, but we do have another, another hint here about where to look next. So if we go to Sutton, we can find another note. And this note is in the doghouse in the backyard of a red house across from Vault 76 Overseer's old home. And the note is very short. It simply says, Mom, I'm so sorry. 
that my research got you addicted to this swill, meaning Nuka-Cola. I'll get revenge on the bastards in marketing that did this. I swear to you. I love you, and I miss you so much. Clara. Clara's mom is having addiction problems because of the chemicals that they've been putting into Nuka-Cola. And the chemicals that were noted included arsenic, which we know is absolutely a poison, mercury, which is also poisonous, and strontium-90, which also is radioactive. So these are clearly not good things to be ingesting as a human being in a beverage. And somehow this also includes addictive properties. I'm not sure that the arsenic, mercury, or strontium part of it is addictive. So there may be some other chemicals in there that are that she had something to do with. And now she's lamenting the fact that her mother is having problems. So what did she go do? She hunted down Rich Taylor and his family. Let's go back to his note. This is... As far as I could make it on foot, there aren't a lot of supplies in this area. I can't walk much further. Drank some water from a stream, and I think it was bad. Notice the irony in that, that he consumed a liquid that was bad for him, even though he was one of the executives who was making decisions to make Nuka-Cola more dangerous. My family was attacked by one of the research assistants, Clara, from work. I thought I knew my people, but I guess you never know. She got my son before I managed to put her down. I never wanted to kill anyone, never wanted to die like this. If you get this note, tell my wife I love her. She took out his son, and he survived long enough to kill her and then die at this pylon. And you can find his remains here. She got revenge, but she ended up taking out his son. This is dark in both directions. Clearly... This executive was doing bad things at Nuka-Cola. But her response to this was equally terrible. Taking out his son. Killing this man's child. And trying to get him as well. In the end, they all die. But this leaves a chain of locations, keys, and locked boxes. And takes us to a final location... With some other really interesting things. And we're going to cover that when we get back from the break. Mother's Day is almost here. And you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Hello there, old chap. Good to see another of General Atomic's finest still eager to serve. All right, here we are in the middle of the show. Thank you to everybody who listens. Thank you to everybody who supports the show. And if you are driving to work or you're at work or you are, I don't know, watching your grandmother's dog while she's on vacation and enjoying this podcast, then you might want to check out patreon.com slash lorecast for all the different things that you can get for helping to support the show and keep it going. So thank you to our newest patrons, 
including Boril, I think that's how that's pronounced, Lewis1214, Wolf Tamer, and Betty Butcher. Thank you for signing up just over this last week. I'm glad that you are here. I hope you are enjoying the different things that you're getting, ad-free episodes. And two of you are signed up as Assaultrons, Tier 4 members who can join us in our patron chats. So thank you for doing that as well. And that reminds me, I will be out of town the last week of this month because my wife has headed over to Europe for a work thing. She's getting a big promotion and we've decided to take a little vacation over there. So... I will be out of town uh, doing some traveling because it's like it costs half as much when work pays for her to go over there, right? So we're going to be doing that, um, but we'll probably end up doing the patron episode on the first of the year. So just after the the last week, not quite the 25th, which it would have been because we do it on Tuesdays. It'll be on the first. So don't worry if you are currently this this current group of Assaultron or sentry bots, then you can still join us next month. Even if you don't sign up for next month, we'll make it work. Just let me know. I'll make sure you get the link for the for the chat. That's at 9 p.m. Eastern on the 1st. Um, also, if you would like to help support the show with a review, then you can do so on Apple Podcasts. Five-star reviews will get read out on future episodes of the show. And we have three new ones to read out this week. This one comes from IK233 says great podcast recently found this on my recommended and it's just brilliant really engaging and entertaining it's great learning about bits of lore and story that i never knew about the topics are always interesting and i'm definitely now a regular listener thank you so much uh lk or maybe it's an ik it's hard to tell with the font uh but thank you so much for that from great britain too um dish bjb in the u.s writes nice and great hello it's me a person and i would like to say Great. Got me to start Fallout 76 for the first time. Great. I love what you talk about. I even tried Fallout 4 for the first time and after beating the game discovers mods. Oh my gosh. I have a darn one shot Glock mod. Lots of crying smiley faces. <laughs> I'm glad you're having a fun time. And yes, mods are awesome. So thank you for that. And then one more from I believe this is Lewis1214 who I think is also our new patron from the US who writes love the show. For the past four months, I have been listening while traveling on the road, and I absolutely love the lore and the background of everything Fallout. Some of my favorite episodes are always the patron chats and hearing everyone get together. Keep up the wonderful work. Well, thank you so much, Lewis, for the support and for, for leaving that review. All of you are awesome. Thank you for being here and supporting the show. And uh, make sure to go check out the Fallout Lorecast YouTube channel. It's growing. Lots of cool videos with visuals now. So if you want to dive back into some of those episodes, it's a great way to do it. All right, let's move on with the rest of the show. If you have any questions about Nuka World, I'd be delighted to answer them. All right, so how does all of this come together? Well, the time travel stuff is kind of its own thing, but I figured it would be worth noting just in the fact that we start at Pylon V13. But if you head over there, Pylon V13, you will notice that there is a duffel bag with a note, and then there is a toolbox key inside. If you head then east of Watoga, you find a toolbox near the river. The toolbox key will open this, and this is where you will find the key to Clara's box specifically. So now that we have Clara's key, we can head over to the Red Rocket in Sutton. You head north, and then you go find her old house with the doghouse with a box inside. So now you use this key 
and open up this box and you find a Nuka-Cola locker key inside of there. So now we're three keys in, right? You have to go from one location to the next to the next. And I'm sure some of you have noticed this while running around Fallout 76. Sometimes you just pick up these keys and you're like, I don't even know what this goes to. I've never figured that out. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. And then I found out about how, how all this works and thought, wow, this is crazy. So from Sutton, you head to the Nuka-Cola plant. So now we're kind of tracing back Clara's locations. You enter into the Nuka-Cola plant. Of course, there's going to be a bunch of ghouls running around. You head up the stairs, and then you find a lockpick level one locked door. You enter in there, and you will find a safe and a metal box with Clara's other note. This is how you know you're in the right location. You explore a little bit more, and you find a locker kind of laying on the ground. Open up that, and you will find the TNT dome key number three. What? Wait a minute. What is going on? TNT dome key. Yes, this is going to take us to yet another location. So you use that Nuka-Cola locker key on this locker. It gives you our fourth key in this chain. Four keys. So where do you go next? You head up to the Black Mountain Ordnance Works. This is a location on the kind of northwestern side of the map. And you probably came across this while playing the game. And you'll notice that there are all these bunkers. And some of the bunkers you can get into and some of them you can't. Some of the bunkers are particularly mysterious. Well, if you use this key on Bunker 3, then you can go inside and you can find that Nuka-Cola had rented out this bunker. This is one of the ones that they were using. You'll find some Nuka-Cola clothes and you'll find the T-51 Power Armor Nuka-Cola paint job schematics. This is how you get Nuka-Cola paint in the game. And it comes from following this quest line that starts on the complete opposite side of the map. We're going from the southeast all the way to the northwest across multiple locations, four different keys in order to open this up. And what's really interesting about this is it takes us from a location that is Pylon V13 where there was experiments being done for time travel all the way across the map to this other really interesting location, Black Mountain Ordnance Works. So what makes this location so interesting? Well, here. It is a remote storage and waste disposal facility operated by Cole and Parker Holdings Limited. Now, if you look up that name and you do some research about it, there's not a whole lot that is told to us about who this company is, who these individuals are, and what they're doing. But we do know that they leased secure, shielded domes to a variety of different buyers. Now, this is before the Great War. Its two major clients were... Nuka-Cola Corporation, and Green Custom Defense Systems, at least in one of the domes. Green Custom Defense Systems. That sounds like, like weaponry or something. Well, if, if you're going to assume that, you would be correct. We do know that they were conducting tests on alien technology, including an alien blaster at this site, because when you get into their dome... There are signs that this location was used for aliens in the dome. So what are the different domes? Well, we have some terminals on each of them. And dome number one, read data error, doesn't work. Dome number two, current owner, green custom defense technologies, two-year lease, 
full term paid. We know about that one. Dome number three, Nuka-Cola, 12 years with an option for 25 years, full term paid. That one was Nuka-Cola. Four, five, six, and seven all have read errors. But seven also says current owner undisclosed, waiting final term contract, payment status pending, initial payment. Note, granted earlier access and anonymity due to large cash down payment. So this other dome is kind of a mystery, or at least it was until we got an update in one of the patches. Patch 1.1.0.8 made this dome, number seven, accessible. And you can do a scavenger hunt for two paired key cards at Nuka-Cola plant and Tanagra town. And the one at Tanagra town requires some, uh, dexterity to climb around on top of this ruined house and then on top of this growth of vines the uh, nuka-cola marketing access code from the crashed plane site which we haven't even mentioned before in the mire generates a one-time code use for ingram mansion now gold guarded by like a bunch of cult of mothman people and then you travel to the overlook cannon to uncover two secret doors to get TNT dome key number seven. It's a whole nother thing. You should look it up if you want to go through all those steps because it's fairly complex. But after going through all of that, opening up this other dome, we find out that this was another Nuka-Cola dome. And inside it is potentially, and remember this is potential because sometimes items have to respawn in Fault 76 because it's a, a group world. You can find plans for the X01 Power Armor Nuka-Cola Quantum Paint. And so now you can have two different Nuka-Cola paints for your power armor. Also, there's a Nuka-Cola grape on the shelf next to the power armor station, and Nuka-Cola Quantum can spawn on the desk. But of course, the Nuka-Cola Quantum paint job is the most interesting part of what's going on here. So two of these bunkers are Nuka-Cola. One of them seems like it might have been doing something with aliens. But then we have dome number eight. Now its terminal also gives us a read error, so we can't gather anything from that. But we do know that when invaders from beyond, this is the event with all the aliens, they show up. When that happens, dome number eight is able to be entered using the mysterious key dropped by the emissary. Many may not know that when the Andromeda galaxy reaches its peak brilliance, the new age of humanity will begin. The emissary is a mysterious guy who walks around in a suit and a hat with glasses. And if you are able to get this key from him, you can enter dome number eight. Inside dome number eight is Homer Saperstein. Now, Homer is the voice that you hear during the event. And if you go into the bunker, the bunker is decked out in these big computers and all sorts of other things, an alien body on a platform and a big screen with Homer on it. Underneath that is a holotape labeled the truth. If you go to pick up that holotape, it explodes like the old Get Smart TV show or Inspector Gadget where like you take this note, it'll explode in three seconds. Something like that, right? So you can't actually access the truth because it pops before you can listen to it. So instead, you can activate the screen and talk to Homer. Extraterrestrial life is fascinating. 
recently developed an aerosol formula that boosts the performance of brain activity for a limited time. I will release it into the bunker now. Please make good use of it. So that's what you hear if you ask him for some help, and then you get like a 5% damage boost against aliens because he releases this chemical into the bunker that you're in. If you ask him who he is, then this is what you get. My designation is Homer Saberstein. I am human, just like you. Though I have spent most of my years alive avoiding interaction with other humans. You will have to forgive me for any breaches in social etiquette. My assistant and I are aiding defense efforts by monitoring the extraterrestrials' movements. I have always been fascinated with the galaxies beyond our own. It is my life's purpose to study them and to defend against them come the inevitable struggle for power and posterity. And if we ask him why he's not here in person, this is what he says. I am not ready to interact with other humans personally. For now, this designed likeness and modulated voice will have to do. So neither his voice or the picture we're seeing on the screen of a what appears to be adult male with kind of medium length hair and glasses matches who he actually is or what he looks like. So he could be anybody. Now, there's a few different other options that you can pick while having conversations with him at this location. Now, this specific dialogue I find particularly interesting. We, we asked some questions about, like, do you know much about the aliens? Not a whole lot. But if you ask him if he understands their language, this is what he says. Yes, it is true that I have acquired a rudimentary understanding of their speech. You see, they have been close enough to Earth for me to access their communications channels for some time now. So, I have been listening, detecting patterns, translating... I hope that is helpful. That is what matters, right? So this guy, we know a few things. He has, he can understand some of the alien language because he's been listening to it for a long time. He is with us in wanting to repel the alien invasion, doesn't know why it's happening, but has been studying them for what seems like a long period of time. Now, he also knows that they've been around for a while and he's been watching them for a while. So this raises the question, who is Homer Saperstein? Is he the same person as Professor Greebly? Is there something going on with time travel, the aliens, and these two people being the same? And again, I'm going out on a limb on this. There isn't hard evidence for a lot of these things. But if you were doing time travel and it worked, then you would have been around for a long period of time in order to study the aliens longer. I don't think that's the most likely thing. What I think is actually more likely is Professor Greebly is somebody who was studying the aliens before the bombs dropped, and then his time travel stuff got interrupted because of everything that was going on in Appalachia. But he survived, and he's still around. And maybe is even ghoulified. This may be a ghoul who is hiding the way he looks and the way he sounds in order to help the humans and continues to still study the aliens looking for one solutions to fight back against them and two further insight into time travel. Maybe these things come together. Maybe they don't. But I think it's particularly interesting that all of these little details bring us from the pylon to the bunker with a little sidetrack through Nuka-Cola 
and maybe I'm just seeing things where there aren't things. You know, you look at the clouds and you see faces, right? Maybe this is all coincidental. Or maybe there's something more to it. I'd love to find out what you think. Please let me know. I'll talk to you next time. To plug into everything else we're doing, check out robotsradio.net. Reach out to me on Twitter at robots underscore radio. Check out the Robots Radio Rocket Club where you can join me and a bunch of our other creators creating your podcast, starting a new podcast, or helping your current podcast grow. There's more information about that on robotsradio.net as well. And you can always talk with us and the entire community, over 2,000 people on the Robots Radio Discord. Come join us. We'd love to chat with you. See you guys next time. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.